right, we're going to bring in the show. Are you ready? Hi, we're Ladybeard, Kotomi, and Suzu, and you're listening to... Stay tuned for more. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Invisible Oranges podcast. I'm your host for today, Ladybeard, here with my guests, John and Ted. Gentlemen, how are you? Good. Oh, I'm doing great. <laughs> Good, man. Good to talk to you, John. How you doing, dude? I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, it's been four years, something like that. It's something crazy. Oh, but uh, yeah, I've uh, I've been doing pretty great. Uh, Ted and I are obviously uh, running Invisible Oranges now, and we've been doing this podcast for a few months, and it's been pretty great. Yeah, mm-hmm. Congratulations. Congratulations on your new enterprise. That's excellent. Let me tell you real quick so that everyone knows what's going on over here. Let me tell you about my new enterprise. Mm-hmm. I started... I started a new uh, kawaii metal group with uh, two adorable young girls, and I'm about to introduce them. This one is named Kotomi. Kotomi. And this one is named Suzu. Uh, people commonly think Suzu's name is Suza or Susan. It's neither of those things. It's Suzu. It's like Suzuki without the key. Suzu. That's right. Um, the three of us are in a group called baby beard they are babies i am lady beard together we are baby beard i've just gone ahead and i've just pr'd the group people don't even probably know who i am yet i just went straight into it totally out of context sorry listeners we should start at the very beginning we should so lady beard obviously you have built this brand for yourself but how did you find yourself in such a position to become lady beard um, okay, so that's how the Lady Beard uh, Long story of how I became Lady Beard. Um, basically, I've been a, a casual cross-dresser since I was 14 years old. And then uh, I, uh, at one point I started pro wrestling and I said, I'm going to wear a dress into the ring and my name's going to be Lady Beard. And that went very, very well. And uh, then I started music and i said i'm also going to do my music career as lady beard and i'm going to coordinate a whole lot of work between the wrestling ring and the music stage and that went great and then it turned out that my future lay in the country of japan and i moved to japan and i got famous in japan and uh, here we are that was a summarized version of that story i was gonna say it's the reader's digest of lady beard obviously there have been documentaries about you and all these different videos and you you lead a charmed life it's very interesting so how do you find yourself you know keeping this in control and maintaining the lady beard just gotta, status just gotta do what you just gotta keep on going somehow don't you, you just gotta just gotta push gotta keep fighting every freaking day no matter what happens no matter if there's a pandemic or some other nonsense going on just gotta keep on pushing and obviously it's done very well for you and you have you've had so many musical groups which have taken on kawaii in various forms and how do you feel with baby beard that you Mm. summarize the kawaii aesthetic ah 
Very, very happy with Baby Beard. So, uh, yes, new group, Baby Beard, me and the adorable Kotomi and the adorable Suzu. So, listeners, you can't see us right now, but these gentlemen can see us. Um, for anyone who's listening to this, yeah, I'm, I'm a cross-dresser. I'm a bearded cross-dresser. I'm currently here with blonde pigtails in and a full beard wearing a white and pink uh, dress the girls are adorable young girls. They have pigtails in, uh, wearing green and blue dresses, respectively. Um, the aesthetic of this, this, I tell you what, this is the most unmetal thing that will ever be said on your metal podcast. It was coming up right now. Uh, the three of us are styled, uh, we are modeled on three cupcakes. So, Kotomi's the blue cupcake, Sus is the green cupcake. And I am the pink cupcake. That, my friends. Now, despite this, you might be wondering what we're doing on uh, Invisible Oranges. Um, uh, I, uh, in this group, the girls sing and dance, and I scream and dance. So, um, for anyone who was confused up to this point, exactly what I was doing on Invisible Oranges. Well, dear me. I feel like we dived in kind of around about, you know, like the 40 minute mark of a different podcast, which we should have gone through how this all happened. Um, John and I met in Chicago <laughs> back in 2017 or something. Yeah. 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 So I was in another group and uh, we performed in Chicago. And at that time uh, I met John and uh, it was a hilarious time. That was a new experience for you. Yeah. Yeah. I had never been to a, a convention yeah. for anything before that. So going in and going to con alt delete was a really overwhelming experience. It was, there was so much of a culture that I knew nothing about, uh, anime culture, kawaii culture, et cetera. So it was, it was a lot. And uh, I know Andrew had a really good time as well. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, yeah. So the listeners, we, I, I perform at anime conventions around the world. Um, so that's where we met John. I feel like I've hijacked your podcast. I feel like I'm leaving this conversation. I'm sorry. No, this is totally great. You know, it's, uh, we've oh, never really? had someone take charge just like stay this in charge. I'll just usurp <laughs> this whole thing. Hey, let's, uh, let's, uh, Hey, Hey, bring me the horizon. Now that's a metal band that people would get upset if I say their name. Hey, that way onward forward sail go very <laughs> treasure. Captain Jack Sparrow, let's venture forth into the great unknown. I'm sitting here. Uh, yes, I started a new group called Baby Beard. I dance and scream. Two girls are sing and scream. Uh, imagine baby metal, but instead of the girl in the middle, there's uh, a large, hairy Australian who's uh, dancing like the girls and screaming. That's what our group is. Um... I haven't brought the girls into this conversation very much yet, and I'd like to do that. So at this moment, uh, I'm going to get the girls to tell you yeah. about our first two releases because we've got uh, two new songs. Well, I say new songs. They're the debut songs. We've got two songs that start streaming on April 28th, so we kind of want to tell you about them. Susan, sorry, sorry, I need to tell you the names of the songs before I bring them in. Our first two songs are called Nipponkara Konnichiwa and Pianizer. Those are foreign words to you. What do they mean? Let's find out. Susan, just want to be talking about Kodiwa. Kodiwa, sit with me, stay with us. Hi. Nippon 
あ、こんにちはという歌は、英語のハローの意味を持つ日本のこんにちはの言と私たちの元気とパワフルさ、ハッピーを詰めた歌になってますので、たくさん聞いてください。Yeah, I don't think I actually explained the girls are actually Japanese. So that was Japanese, you just heard me being spoken to you.、Um, our, first, our first single, our debut single, Nippon Kara Konnichiwa, literally translates to Hello from Japan. So at this moment, here's the thing the whole mission of this group is to really give everybody as much、uh, positivity and good vibes and energy as we possibly can,、um, especially since. At the moment, the whole world is kind of coming out the back end of a particularly challenging period of time. So, we're really trying to give everybody as much spirit and life and energy as we possibly can. So, Nippon Kara Konnichiwa translates to Hello from Japan.、Um, here's the basic idea We want to、uh, be meeting everyone in the world face to face and giving you hugs and giving you love and,、uh, and performing for you. But that's currently. Physically impossible. So we are saying hello from Japan and we are sending out all those vibes and energy and so forth through the miracle of the internet to you wherever you are on the earth. Whether you are in Chicago, whether you are in New York, whether you are in San Diego or the Galapagos Islands or Mumbai. Or you're down in the, 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 the Tasmania. We're saying hello to you from here in Japan. I'm just, this whole podcast is going to be just me doing my, my PR voice. It's just me spruiking the entire time. My apologies, listeners. <laughs> you're, you're, probably, you're probably preparing yourself for a nice, relaxed metal conversation. I apologize. This is what I'm. I can't believe I'm apologizing to metalheads for being too noisy. Hey, second song is called Pianizer. I'm going to get Kotomi to explain that. Kotomi, just a little bit. Pianizer, let's talk about it. Pianizer,let's talk Pien is a word which is currently used with great zeal by the youth of Japan. Pien is actually the emoji that has the big, big eyes, which is about to cry, right? So here's what happens when something、uh, like low level sad happens. You say, Pien. So, like, if you've just hung out, if you've just like done the laundry and then you hang it up and then it rains, then you say, Ah,、oh, Pien, just a Pien, Mr. Gonasane. Yeah, that's how you do it. Pierre, that means moment of great sadness. Well, moment of minor sadness, really. If you stub your toe, you say, Pierre. So we wrote a song about that. But the real point of the song is how,、uh, yes, yeah, bad things happen. But hey, tomorrow is another day. So let's、uh, remain positive and don't worry about it because tomorrow will be better. Hey, these are some positive messages, aren't they? These are some positive messages for the metal universe. What's going on, Invisible Oranges? Ladybeard. Right, let's do some metal things because we, everything we've done so far is real pop oriented. Ladybeard loves you! Good times. I start streaming April 28th. Go to your streaming place, listen to it, April 28th. Unfinish that segment. <laughs> this, I'm bringing this phone closer. <laughs> With such overwhelming positivity that you want to communicate yeah, man. to the metal world, how do you think a regular metalhead would take that in? And what experience do you want them to have when they first hear Baby Beard? You can write your comments in the box below.、Um, well,、uh, you know, generally speaking, yeah, okay, it's, it's, it's a polarizing、um, 
it's a polarizing concept, isn't it, by its very nature. You know, the whole kawaii metal thing that baby metal started, that was polarizing from day one. And uh, metalheads either tend to absolutely love it and think it's fantastic or uh, despise it like they've never despised anything. Um, so, look, frankly, I think we're going to be more of that. I think, uh, I think the people who love us are going to really, really love us, and the people who hate us are going to hate us with a burning passion. Um, the whole reason we're doing this group is I was actually in a different group back in 2015, 2016. It was the same formation. It was me plus two cute little Japanese girls. We had a song called Nippon Manju that went viral on the Internet. It's currently at 30 million views, I think. Um, but I was, uh, a halfway through 2016, I was, uh, abruptly and kind of prematurely, uh, unceremoniously relieved of my duties in that group. But, uh, it's very clear to me that this is what the world wants to see from Ladybeard, you see, because every day for the past five years, I've received messages saying, we liked that, go back to doing that again. So, um, that's what we're doing. Uh, so that said, like that, what we had going on before really was loved by a lot of people, uh, including metalheads and also other people too, pop people and you know, a lot of anime fans and so forth and otakus. Um, like a lot of people were really into that group. And then it got cut short. And that felt to me like a huge injustice because literally millions of people all over the world were really liking it. And then it was just stopped. So I'm now in a position where I can do the same concept again, and I'm hoping we can kind of pick up where we left off last time. I guess it kind of was answered there, but, you know, is there anything kind of that you want to achieve new with this project that you weren't able to in the past? Anything you feel like you're able to do now uh, with more creative direction? Um, uh, yeah. Um, but yes, but I need to be very, very careful in the wording I choose in expressing this. Um, you, okay, so listen. Back then, I was still pretty new to Japan. Like, I, I entered that group. Sorry, just let me tell the girls what's going on. I was pretty new to Japan when that last group began, right? I think I've been here less than a year when we began. So I really didn't, you know, I wasn't really super familiar. Well, my language wasn't that great yet, firstly. But also with the way show business goes down over here, Japan has in all things, including show business, its own systems, which are vastly different from the systems everywhere else. So I understood that the place was different, but I didn't understand the systems yet and how the systems operate and where the emphasis is and what's considered important. So to that end, a lot of what happened with that last group was extremely confusing. Like a lot of the decisions that, that were made, I was like, this, why, this doesn't make any sense. Why are we doing this? Um, so that was particularly challenging. Now I've been here for seven years and I feel I have a much better sense of what's going on. Uh, Japan's, you know, it's a very unique place. And as a foreigner, you can never, you can officially never get it. But just from being here and you can absorb it by osmosis and you can start feeling it more. So I got a lot more experience with Japan now and I understand the systems much better. And I'm hoping that uh, to that end, I'll be able to operate within the Japanese systems and have this group operate within the Japanese systems much better than before. Um, the other thing is we want to get overseas as fast as we can, you see. Uh, and it's, it's the current situation of the world is making that particularly challenging. Um, and 
Yeah, so in the last group, they were very strange about that. And in this group, we want to get overseas just as soon as we can. And very unfortunately, as soon as we got in a position where we could get the group up and running, current world events happened and uh, prohibited that from happening. So, uh, yeah, magic of the internet for right now. Um, yeah. That's, that's all I have to say about that. Hang on, my dog has trapped himself in my office. I need to let him out really quick. Oh, okay. Let's, let's have a pleasant conversation, Ted. How are you, Ted? Well, we wait for John to get back. How are you? How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I was going to say, actually, I had uh, tickets booked to Japan for last October, and uh, certain, oh, really? events, certain events made that not happen, so it kind of sucks. Uh, hoping to go next year, maybe. あ、すごい。あの、テッドさんのプランは去年の10月に本に来てね、でももちろんダメだったね。ね、ね、ね、もう飛行機チケットを買った。けど、ダメだったね。で、多分来年に本に来ます。うん。待ってます。So the girls are very excited to see you in Japan, Ted. We're going to roll out the red carpet for you, sir. There's going to be a welcome parade. It's going to be like when you get off the plane in Honolulu and they give you those flower necklace thing. It's going to be just like that, except nothing really like that. Yeah, that's, that sounds good. <laughs> um, so I guess I was going to ask, and maybe this is weird, what cupcakes are you modeled after? Did you Are there flavors or is the colors that go into them? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I even know the answer to that question. Let me just consult with my team. You can listen in on this Japanese conversation.色は変わるけどフレーバーは変わらないね。え、ストロベリー。で、でもみのりで、みのりですけどね。鈴木ストロベリーだ。あんまりないよな、けじグリーン。そう、あんまり、あんまりじゃあ、ストロベリー。で、
ったのその振り付けにが出したらさどうなんだろうどういう要素を入れていきたいですかっていうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそうそどういうダンスになってほしいと思いますかっていう質問なんか入っていいんじゃないか日本のアイドルらしいすごいキャピキャピした感じの<笑>何て言うんだろうキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピキャピ And she's trying to communicate a、uh, Japanese party person personality to you when she is dancing. That's how she feels. Let's ask Suzu. Suzu, what? Suzu raises a very good point. One of the interesting things about this is、uh, we try to make dances that.、Um, Of course, okay, so you're on stage, right? And you're performing. So you are,、uh, in one sense, you are a physical, vis- visual spectacle. But in another sense, like we try to make choreography that the audience can also do with us.、Um, because、um, this way, the audience becomes part of the show and part of the communal experience. And, you know, Really energetic communal experiences are somewhat what we're going for here,、um, which is an interesting thing in this generation. Now, let's hang on, let's bring it back to metal one second here.、Um, you guys, maybe even 10 years ago, we went to a metal show, it was nothing but insane circle pits and moshing like crazy. And you will have noticed that a lot of that has、um, calmed down over the past 10 years, and that is everyone wants to film on the smartphone now. So, what's interesting is this leads to,、um, I, think, I think this is giving feedback to the performance, and the change in the audience is now changing the nature of the performances. So, for us, we're、uh, very conscious of the fact that people want to film on their phones,、um, but we're also conscious of the fact that we have choreography that we want to do together with the audience, and we're trying to, you know, it's, it's important that we make sure those two dynamics. Can exist together. So, would you say that Baby Beard is a shared experience as opposed to an experienced experience? I mean, I, I, a shared experience for anyone who wants to share. Yeah, I'd say so, definitely. I think, you know, I, I feel like, you know, going to a performance, like you said, things have really died down and people are filming with their phones. But I also feel like there's more of a distance between the performer. And the audience at this point. Like people go to see the band because they're the band, as opposed to see the band because of the music. And it seems like for Baby Beard and other Lady Beard Enterprises, it's more like you go there to be part of the show.、Uh, thank you.、Um, thank you. I appreciate hearing that very much.、Um, now, this is kind of an interesting thing. And actually, I w- yeah, okay. So, what's it like in America nowadays when you go to a show? Are people still moshing and like going, going mental? It depends. Like, if you go to a Cannibal Corpse show, there will be a pretty big pit. But if you go to a smaller show with people standing with their arms crossed and not doing anything, you know, maybe headbanging. Yeah, that's me. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's actually, so, this is interesting. In Japan, it's a different dynamic.、Um, one of the great things about Japan is、um, if you say, don't film with your phones, please, everyone will not film with your phones. So, to that end, 
um, performing to a Japanese audience is actually a totally different dynamic from performing to a Western audience. Um, because in Japan, oh, firstly, if you say, please don't film, everyone will say, oh, okay, and they won't film. But also if you say, okay, everybody, please do this, everyone will go, oh, okay, and they'll do it. Um, and it's, it's, uh, that's kind of uh, one of the beautiful things about the culture. Um, from what I understand, communal experiences are quite a big part of the culture over here. So to that end, choreographed dances and communal dances are things that work perfectly in the shows over here uh, because it's kind of part of the culture and that's one of the things that the audience comes to experience. Would that be an accurate statement, Japanese contingency? Yeah, Japanese contingency agrees with me. Um, whereas in the Western world, it's totally a different dynamic. We're far more individual oriented. So we come to the show and if we want to, you know, stand and cross our arms, we want to pull a Ted, stand at the back, cross our arms. That's what we're going to do. And no amount of, all right, everybody fists in the air is going to change that unless you're very, very hyped. Um, so this is one of the interesting dynamics. Now, from our perspective, the actual choreography doesn't change. Uh, but I guess the way you, <laughs> the way you, works the choreography with the audience changes this is some deep stuff man we are going deep now every interview so far has been very fluffy fluffy <laughs> this is some deep stuff <laughs> this is we are getting some some tertiary education on uh, the world of uh, heavy metal and uh, japanese japanese pop up on the invisible oranges podcast today <sighs> I'm going to call you Professor John from now on. <laughs> That's pretty accurate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So I have a question directed at you, Lady Beard. Yeah. Uh, with this experience of transitioning to Baby Beard, obviously, previously, it was there was the element of cuteness, but there was also strength. Yeah. So what is it like zeroing in on the cuteness? Now? <sighs> well, um, yeah. What is it like zeroing in on the cuteness now? So I think what you're referring to is in my uh, the group that you saw me with in then uh, Con Alta Elite was my uh, group Deadlift Lolita, and so that is a different group that I'm in, which features me and a, uh, a female Japanese bodybuilder. So a lot of the stuff in that group is kind of focused towards um, lifting weights and being a powerhouse. Uh, whereas here we're much more back to the kind of the cute dynamic. Um, did I accurately sum up your question that you just asked me? Is that, is that kind of, is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, look, they're two different performances, aren't they? Um, it, but it really, it's I guess it's kind of just a matter of controlling ratios. Here, we're just kind of putting attention on the cuteness more, and so that's where we'll be kind of focusing our energies. Whereas with deadlift, it was you know much more sort of we got to do the strength stuff. Um, but that said, you know, Lady Beard from day one, my my slogan has been sing, dance, destroy. So those are the three things I do, and it's just a matter of uh, what ratio those three things work with one another in, you know? The girls are working very hard on their destroying. As you can see, the viewer can't, the listener can't see, but you gentlemen can see they're terrifying, terrifying young ladies, and uh, you can see they, uh, they're in the gym every day, you can tell. I know Susan Tokotoni wa ima mainichi jimu ni itemasu ne. Mainichi an kinto ne shiteru ne, tsuyoku so ni nateru ne. 
Now the girls are saying if they're going to be in a group with me, they're going to they're going to lift the weights. They got to do the treadmill, the dumbbell, the punching bag. They need to level up. They need to power up. They got to get their strong on. For the listener who can't see us, um, these girls are super adorable. I'm being completely sarcastic in everything I just said. They're not going to the gym. They're not lifting weights. They're both very, very adorable. And um, that's the whole thing, really. You've got a huge screaming bloody Australian in a skirt next to two beautiful, adorable little Japanese girls in skirts who are just singing and dancing. And that's really the whole thing. <sighs> it sums it up quite nicely. Um, I guess one of the things that is interesting to me about Kawaii metal um, is that, you know, it kind of contr- combines the, you know, the lure of pop with metal in a way that American metal really hasn't gotten there yet. Uh, I was just kind of curious, like, what is Suzy and Katomi's kind of, sorry, Suzu and Katomi's background with heavy metal? Like, is this kind of their first experience to it, or is there something in the uh, past? I think, let me let me ask the girls. no, 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 heavy metal メタルさんで、あの、君チョコという曲が好きです。すごいベビーメタルさんの曲はたくさん聴いてました。いいな。あの、あ、コトミはその音楽一番好き、それともそのダンス一番好き、それとも好きなポイントは。そう。いろいろ
my friend. An honor to serve the seed of Corpse Grinder. Do you guys have <laughs> contact with Corpse Grinder? Uh, not direct. Not direct? No. Right. You should get Corpse Grinder on the show. Corpse Grinder is a great conversation. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Ted, we should look into that. Yeah. We should get a uh, three-way going with you boys and us and Corpse Grinder. The girls will love Corpse Grinder. Corpse Grinder will be their new favorite person. I'm sure. We would have to ask him about Target, his favorite store. He, uh... Of course, he loves Target, doesn't he? That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I feel rude. I got to translate everything for the girls, right? So whenever we start rambling, the girls are kind of left out. I feel guilty. Poor girls. Poor girls. Oh, I'm... I'm sorry about that. We'll uh, we'll figure out a way to. No, no, no. It's not your fault. This is the na- this is the nature of this beast, isn't it? It's um, that's uh, the way it is. But you know, that said, the whole point of this is that we're a uh, global group, so that everyone is representing a different contingency. Uh, Kotomi actually speaks uh, Japanese and Korean, so um, and then uh, Suzu speaks uh, Japanese, and I speak uh, Japanese, English, Chinese, Cantonese, <laughs> German. So together, yes, yes. yeah. We have six languages. They're a global group. It's a global group, Invisible Oranges. Um, the global baby beard, baby beard global. If you include our manager, our manager also speaks. Um, she speaks what? Japanese, English, Spanish, French, a little bit, Portuguese, a little bit. Is that the end? Is there another one? Slightly Italian. Hang on. So she's got six of my. Amongst us, which ones cross over? Two of them cross over now. So it's a total of 10. 10 languages on this team, people. 10. It's a global, global baby beard. Hey, invisible oranges, prepare yourself. Baby beard, coming at you wherever you are. In the Cayman Islands, in Port Morrisby, uh, in, um, uh, uh, in, in Bloemfontein, South Africa, coming for you. Hey. Oh. So actually, I had a follow-up for the girls. Uh, Since this is their first experience with heavy metal, what has it been like, you know, being a metal artist, having only experienced it in such a nuanced way before? Okay, so I'll translate to the girls. I mean, we need to keep in mind, you know, they're entering heavy metal in the middle of current world events. So therefore, it's somewhat an unconventional entry into the world of metal. But let me uh, translate. Yeah. Yeah. ヘビーメタルの世界入るの経験ですね。すごいお客さんとステージに立ってるのとすごい一体感があるライブっていうイメージがあるのでそれをするのがすごい楽しみ。どういうことライブはまだできなかった。できない土地。今まで。えっと、今がデビューだからライブは今まで。<笑><笑
So we don't have, uh, the girls don't have like live experience to draw upon upon answering that question. Um, Kotomi's excited though, because it's sort of a new world for her. And she's excited about uh, kind of being on stage with a metal audience. She thinks that metal heads seem to be full of energy, except for Ted, he wants to cross his arms at the back. But the rest of them seem to be full of energy and, you know, a lot of power and so forth, right? So she's kind of looking forward to being on stage with that energy. Uh, Kotomi was actually in a different um, pop group before. So she's had experience in the pop world. Um, but, yeah, thus far, yeah, her, her main metal experience has been me screaming during interviews like this. So in terms of in terms of the actual what we would consider the metal world, um, she doesn't have much experience to draw on at this stage. But she's excited about it. She's pumped about it. She wants to get involved. She's 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 chomping at the bit. She's keen. She's thrilled. Suzu ah, ka meteru no ka imeji aru. Imeji mo sorete mo ka tanashimi no koto aru. Imeji wa to ko. かっこいいよりかなって思ったけど、可愛い感じでも受け入れてもらえるツイッターとかインスタグラムとかたくさんこう応援してくださってる方がいるかな。そう、もう楽しみでしかったね。So she was saying that um uh you know up until now all the stuff in her life has been really relatively kawaii oriented, relatively cuteness oriented. Um whereas metal is uh pretty cool in her opinion. Um, now I'm forgetting how to properly translate these words into English because I say that and that's not how we'd express the same nuance. Um, I'm going to change that word cool to badass. Is that an accurate translation manager? Or oh, hardcore. Oh, hardcore. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. So this is going to be Suzu's first time really experiencing anything, you know, somewhat badass or hardcore. Um, definitely the first time in, uh, you know, underground kind of activities as such so um but she's you know, very encouraged by the whole thing so far on the social media she thinks the heavy metal people so far have been very nice to her and um so she's uh, very excited to get on stage as well we want to get on stage gentlemen right now we're not allowed to be on a stage we want to get on a damn stage as soon as we can we are not enjoying <laughs> what are you on a stage right now we can't we're sending everything we've got through the internet. Um, we'd love to be on a stage. We really would. Uh, what does the schedule for that look like in Japan? I know here in America we have uh, things are starting to come back in various weird ways, depending on where you are. Um, over here, we have, we started having some things come back at limited capacity and so forth. But at this moment, what's happened at this moment... Mm, okay so yeah but it's very limited so like uh your capacity is limited also the times are limited because you have to finish by a certain time at night and i'll tell you what man actually going to shows at the moment as they exist in uh tokyo is a so real experience you can't make any noise verbally so first things first you've got like 40 percent capacity or whatever or 30 percent capacity so everyone's all sparsely socially distanced around the floor and then at the end of the songs it's and that's all you're allowed to do you can't yell you can't everyone's there with their mask on and uh are they standing up yet they were sitting down are they standing up again now uh, mm. hmm. 
So now we can stand up. You had to sit down for a long time. So you had to sit in your chair and you could clap like you were at the opera. So it was a surreal experience for a while. But you cannot do anything like cardio stuff. Yeah, right. Dancing with the performers. Oh, really? Use your breath a lot. Of course. So my manager was telling me, you're not allowed to do anything that's going to get your heart rate up and cause you to breathe heavily because, of course, that's where the fun and games happens. Um, so, like, I haven't, I haven't been to many shows um, really recently. The few that I have been to, it has been a bizarre experience. Uh, I saw this group who I'm friends with called Necronomidol, who are sort of a dark wave synth metal pop idol group. <laughs> I saw their show. And yeah, all their fans are kind of these um, goth looking Japanese people and they're all sitting with their masks on and so forth. Now it's interesting because you can't do any, you can't do any heavy breathing. So everyone's trying to compensate for that with like visual support. So there's a lot of like this kind of stuff. There's kind of more of that than there used to be, but it's super duper quiet. So it's weird. It's kind of like watching a bizarre anime with the sound turned off. That's what going to show in Japan is right now. Um, when you do go to shows in Japan, one of the most interesting things normally is actually watching the audience because the audiences um, are so active in Japan. Like when you go to baby metal, there's like the audience has a choreographed dance that it does. Um, like the first time I saw baby metal, I was standing on a balcony looking down at the pit and it's, um, it's, it was an amazing experience. People are doing, you know, circle pits and so forth. Then they all stop and they all start doing choreographed dancing and stuff. And then they go back to the circle. So it's like, that's one of the most interesting things about going to shows here. Everyone will like, everyone will like kind of jump at the same time one way, then jump at the same time the next way. And everyone goes down and up and down and up. Then they do it again. And this, they have these, like the audience is choreographed, right? So especially standing on a balcony, looking down at it, it's quite amazing. Now it's real weird. That was the most surreal thing ever. Um, yeah, but are you guys allowed to make noise at the show? If you go to the show at current situation, are you allowed to scream and whatnot? Yeah, this is America, so people kind of do yeah. what they want yeah. until they get yeah. kicked out. So it definitely depends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually haven't been to any of those. I don't know. Yeah, that's about right. Ted, where are you? I'm in Chicago. Uh, so their shows have come back, but I haven't been able to make the few that have been kind of done. And they were mostly like you book a table, you sit down. It's kind of like a brew pub bar kind of thing. Or they're like weird, unsanctioned cover bands that I'm just just going to skip. So, yeah, uh, it, it definitely depends where you are. Unsanctioned cover bands? Yeah, like a lot of like the suburbs don't really care too much about, you know, uh, capacity restrictions. They just kind of let it happen. So I've just avoided that for the most uh, part. Yeah. I see, I see, I see. John, where are you? I'm in Chicago as well. In Chicago too. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Good, good, good. Chicago's a good place. I want to come back to Chicago, man. I miss it. We'd love to have you here. You Thanks, know, it'd, uh, be, it'd be really fun to see you again. Thank you, man. Yeah, totally. We'll be there as soon as we can. I know, sa, ftari wa Chicago ni iru. Sa, Chicago ni ko. We're going to go. It's the second that's possible we're coming to Chicago. Uh, are you planning on, uh, obviously things will be a little different, but hitting the, the convention circuit again, or do you think you'll be touring as a, as a musical group? Or? Uh, we want to hit the conventions. We want to hit the conventions uh, 
as hard as we can. And also, anime convention there, live yari tai desu ne. Anime ken no evento de. So, um, yeah, no, we want to hit the conventions as hard as we can. Um, and, uh, yeah, regarding touring, let's see what happens. We want to hit up the conventions to begin with, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Let's see what happens on the other side of that. Uh, it was really interesting, like my experience, uh, experiencing the, the Ladybeard experience at a convention. It's, uh, it's very colorful and exciting. And, uh, I, I really wish that our readers, cause we have some very grumpy readers. I, I want them to experience it that way, you know? Yeah. I have that same happiness. I mean, that's really the way to experience, isn't it? To experience it, isn't it? Um, so I've like my attitude towards music performance has always been one of if I'm going to go to the show, then I want to see a show because if you're going to do the same thing that I could experience by staying at home, listening to a CD, there's no point in me going to the show. So to that end, the performance and what's happening on stage has always been particularly important to me. And um, that's really what I want to try and put in front of as many people as I possibly can. Um, so hang on. So your grumpy readers, you're talking readers, listeners, your grumpy audience, you're talking like, you know, death metal heads and grindcore kids and black metal kids and that kind of thing. Yeah, of, of course. Sorry. All, all, t- uh, all types. All, all types. types. <laughs> all types. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make I'm going to say something will make me very unpopular. You guys got to smile. You guys got to smile. You got to have a good time. I'm going to get so much hate off saying that. Ladybeard told us to smile on Invisible Oranges. Kill Ladybeard. It's going to be. Uh, I'm going to come to the office tomorrow and there'll be like an army of like dudes in, dudes in uh, like Gorgoroth shirts lined up outside the office. There he is. Get him. Throw spears at me. <laughs> well, it's. Uh, that smile thing, you know, there, there, there is some validity to it. Cause I did smile when I saw you perform oh, thank and, you. uh, normally I don't really smile when I see bands. So right. it was, you know, it's a uniquely joyous experience and I'm, oh, I'm really good. curious about the baby beard experience. Well, thank you, man. Yeah. We want to get it out there as much as we can. Um, yeah, it's look, it's going to be particularly polarizing for everyone listening right now. You're either going to really enjoy it or you're going to hate it. And uh, that's fine. Honestly, like it's this has kind of always been my position in heavy metal because it's if you're doing something like what I'm doing in heavy metal, um, most of the purists are going to scream for your blood. But But I actually think people like me are somewhat important for the purists because it allows the purists to uh, build a stronger sense of identity of who they are and what they love through identifying everything that they don't love. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's a shame that someone would have to build an identity off of something they don't like, but I, I understand the logic there. It just, it, yeah. it stinks that that happens. <laughs> but it, well, yeah, but also it's kind of, it's a huge part of who we are as metalheads, isn't it? Like a lot of us found our way into the world of metal um, because for whatever reason, we felt that we weren't accepted elsewhere. And so that's what we're doing here. And to that end, um, 
the metal sphere is very important to us and we're emotional about it. So a lot of the hate, yeah, I know a lot of the purists uh, do and will hate on me and uh, that's fine. I'm actually quite happy about it. Keep metal pure. <laughs> we, uh, we cover a lot of black metal at invisible oranges and there is a lot of, there's a lot of that anger and mm. like disparaging hatred that you see in, in that community, which really stinks. Cause we try to, we, we obviously rise above it, but mm. it still attracts that kind of bad mm. overall. Um, yeah. What is interesting about, uh, us lot though, the uh, underground metal community, um, despite, you know, on particularly online, despite the nasty things that get said and so forth, um, actually in person, generally speaking, most of us are quite nice. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I'd mm. say that more often than not, I've had good experiences meeting people who are into metal. Hmm. Hmm. 100%. We look terrifying, especially me, because I'm dressed like a cupcake. We look terrifying, but, um, yeah, generally speaking, we're uh, really quite pleasant at the end of the day. I've got a friend who uh, runs a, a venue in Australia, and uh, he much prefers – well, okay, so he's in this kind of um, position when he's like – if he books a rock and roll band and, like, the heavier – the more like the heavy other band is the more the supplies. If he books a, a metal band, there's going to be, he, okay. He's, he's going to save money because he has to book less security because there's going to be less fights because metalheads generally don't fight, but metalheads drink beer and he doesn't make as much money on the bar. So at least like two nights a month, he has to book a hip hop show because the hip hop kids all drink spirits. However, and so he makes more money on the bar. However, the hip hop kids also fight. So he needs to have like an extra six security guards or something. Um, I don't really have a conclusion I'm drawing from that other than heavy metal people are very, very nice. And if you're listening to this right now, Lady Beard encourages you to smile. Smile, metalheads. Smile. <laughs> I do think Western audiences for metal are often kind of driven just to listen to music as like a singular thing without considering any possible context that goes into it. And so, you know, acts that are really driven around like this, you know, visual, the performance aspect, everything else, kind of hard for them to get their grips around. But like like John said, seeing them is, is really good. So like uh, my wife was not, this is a little bit different, but my mm -hmm. wife was really not a fan of any heavy metal until she saw um, Ghost in person. And that kind of got her turned around. So yeah. Right. Oh, great. Oh, that's good to hear. Actually, I had never heard that story, Ted. That's really nice. Yeah. So I'm in uh, New Orleans. Oh, that's really cool. And obviously that's another, that, that's a very performance-based band. So that's, that's really cool. You know, it's, um, it seems like, you know, when there's that extra added branding, it, it, it's when things get polarizing, you know, um, because you have the people who love and the people who hate Ghost. So it's... Uh, I'm curious for, for you as, as a visual entity, as well as a musical entity, how do you, how do you reconcile all of that with, with the polarizing aspect and the artistic aspect and everything? What, 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 well, what I mean, you know, I, you I mean, use? that's sort of the whole, you know, the polarizing element as in bringing those two opposite extremes together is sort of kind of the point of this whole thing, really. So, um, oh, look, 
We're just going to do it. We're going to put it in front of people and uh, we're going to accept all the love and all the hate that flows on in. That's a really healthy way of looking at it. I, I really appreciate that. Well, I mean, I've realized there's there's literally no other way, you know. When you start out, you kind of, you get, you're very sensitive about people's comments and so forth. But after a while, you do your thing and the people who like it uh, stick around to see it and the people who hate it say nasty things. And it's kind of like, okay, and that's, and that's that, you know. Like if so long as no one's... Yeah stalking you and you know trying to injure you or something everything's fine we've been talking about negative stuff for so for so long I, this is this is supposed to be a happy project yes it uh, is. what kind of fun do you sorry you know what what kind of fun do you have during the creative process i mean obviously you're making these very happy melody or you're using these very happy melodies and you're making dances mm. what what kind of fun is that because you don't really hear about fun when creating metal so much fun fun in metal i'm just telling the girls what's going on sorry um yeah man i really like having fun I'm very pro fun. Um, now there's a lot of fun that goes into the whole thing. Um, recording is great because there's a lot of kind of like uh, very high kind of synth hooks and so forth in the songs, which you're going to um, hear when they get released on April 28. Don't forget to start streaming baby beard on April 28. But uh, no, it's like recording in particular is um, really good fun. Um, and of course, recording and the show are to two totally different dynamics. The show is fun because you're there with the audience and it's you're having a communal experience with the audience. Um, recording is fun from my perspective. I mean, I think for the girls, they're, they're, they're sort of just uh, they're singing a pop song, right? So the song is the song and they sing the song. For me, I'm doing the screams amidst all this poppy stuff. Um, and of course, as well, I'm also doing that in a foreign language. So um, there's a lot of, I don't know how to put this into words, man. Um, I don't know how to put this into words. Yeah, great fun. Um, I suppose in a certain respect, okay, on one level, it's very specific work. And on another level, it frees my inner child because what I'm doing, if you look at it on paper, makes such little sense. You've got a white dude screaming in Japanese with a metal song, but really it's structured in a lot of ways like a pop song. So I think I can't really do a decent job of it if I take it too seriously. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's a strange thing to kind of, you know, put into academic language, but... That's my statement and no, I, I mean, stick with it. And that's, and that's cool. You know, I'm glad that there is metal out there where it is fun. Mm. And it, it's like this unbridled sort of like just very happy fun. Cause mm. like there's the fun of going to a show and headbanging, but this mm. is entirely different. <laughs> yeah. It's a different, but I, I've always enjoyed those bands who had, um, an element of fun in them. Do you remember in, uh, it was one of the Sepultura albums. I think it was Chaos AD. They had halfway through one of the, I think it was Biotech, yeah? Halfway through, Biotech is Godzilla, followed by Rawr. Do you remember that? Oh, of course. It was like the it's best classic. moment on the album, right? It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I think I think it's good. I know a lot of people disagree. I think having fun in metal is a great thing. Yeah. No, like, I don't know. Uh, as someone who falls prey to crossing one's arms and nodding during a show, uh-huh. it's, uh, you know, being exposed to this other world through you mm. has been really enlightening. Mm. Oh, thank you, sir. Is it lightning to talk to you, gentlemen? I haven't, um, yeah, we've been uh, being cooped up over here, haven't had contact with the outside world in a year. It's good to talk to you, lads. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really glad that you reached out to us about this. Yeah, this man, is, of course. Thank you for having us always. Um, uh, baby Beard, Nippon Kara Konnichiwa, and Pianizer, streaming on all the usual streaming places from April 28th. Hey, check it out. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to Screaming Bloody Oranges, the Invisible Oranges podcast, via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and other streaming services. We'll make a post on our website at www.invisibleoranges.com to accompany the release of each episode. Visit us anytime for more in-depth heavy metal coverage that goes a step above and beyond.